Hello, and welcome to the King Organizational Culture Group podcast, where we will discuss all things related to dynamic team culture at work. Today, we are brought to you by our sponsor, The Pretzel Guy. Order sweet, savory, and spicy pretzels from The Pretzel Guy at thepretzelguy.com or find them on Facebook. Each week in this podcast, we will bring you a discussion on workplace practices that either contribute or detract from reaching successful outcomes. Today, we will be discussing the topic of trust in the workplace as it contributes to an organization's identity or its culture. Let's begin with a discussion on the concept of organizational culture. How would we define what an organizational culture is? Well, an organizational culture is the way we, as employees, do our work. It is an abstract collection of our attitudes, values, decision-making actions that create the atmosphere of our workplace. It's the intangible concepts that, that pull together how we do what we do. Why do we care about organizational culture? Well, to answer that, we can resort to the data, which suggests that employee job satisfaction is directly tied to having a positive work culture. What we do know is that when employees have high job satisfaction rates, they perform their jobs more consistently at a high level, resulting in successful outcomes. So, If your industry is in patient care, then a positive outcome is excellent treatment. If, if your therapists come to work and they have high job satisfaction rates, then patients get better because the therapists enjoy what they do. If you are in a for-profit industry, a positive outcome is likely profitability. Regardless of industry, though, Organizations that obtain successful outcomes emerge as top producers in their respective fields. Those are the things that we do know. The data suggests it in all of the research, but in our practices, we, we see these companies emerge and sustain at, as top producers. So, at its fundamental level, organiz- overall organizational successes start with focusing on how all employees interact with each other, make decisions which are aligned with the organizational values and mission, and ultimately produce high-quality work. It all starts with with our employees. It starts with the people. Let's assume that an organization has an identified strategic plan, clear objectives and measurables, well-established values, and a clear vision that will define success. The implementation of these components is what can define a company culture. It is by implementing the values communicating the vision, and celebrating the successful accomplishments when reaching key objectives that a culture begins to emerge. In successful companies, there is an expected way that things happen, like how employees interact with each other, whether the decisions that are made are in line with the vision, and how all employees are recognized for their efforts, which makes up a company culture. It is abstract. It is the collection of the nuances and the respect and the purpose and and that each employee understands why they show up to work and engage with the work that is in front of them that that they know that they're going to reach the successful outcome. Now, although this may seem relatively rudimentary and that with any common sense, an organization would approach defining and reinforcing their culture in this manner, it is in actuality quite a bit more difficult to execute than it may seem. Speaking with a colleague last week, we discussed how one organization has instituted practices which seem to undermine the efforts of employees, 
uh, who in these employees who were once described as dynamic, highly engaged, and, quote, willing to work beyond expectations. My colleague was noting how this particular organization had turned three previously incredibly engaged and talented employees into bitter, lazy employees. Uh, these employees were previously described as passionate go-getters. She asked the question, like, how did things go so wrong that this organization is losing some of their best assets solely due to mismanagement? My colleague and I discussed how ultimately the answer here uh, goes back to the type of culture that this organization is either knowingly or unknowingly creating for these types of employees. Let's, let's take a quick look at who defines an organizational culture, uh, who reinforces it, who has the capacity to drive the culture forward, who has the capacity to tear it apart. Well, the answer to that is every single employee at every single level. However, I do believe that the implementation and reinforcement of a particular type of organizational culture begins at the top and does trickle down. Uh, regardless of whether the organization is intending to um, implement a hierarchical approach to their uh, company structure, or if they are not, leadership does have to create and has the opportunity to reinforce the type of culture that it wants to, to have for its employees. For an organization that may overwork its employees, um, it may underpay its employees, it may not recognize the work that goes into creating the successful outcomes that the employees are creating. This is the type of organization that is on shaky ground. It's on thin ice. Whether leadership wants to acknowledge it or not, the employees are grumbling. There are probably many things happening that are that are creating the distance between those who are making decisions about pay and outcomes and, and recognition in terms of management or quote-unquote leadership positions. And it is the distance that is preventing them from hearing the grumblings in the first place. Now, now the distance here is kind of an important component, but it's, it's going to be the subject of another podcast discussion. What we're going to focus on here is that in, in its oblivious approach, the management team may approach the employees um, with comments and superficial or shallow attempts to compensate or recognize um, its employees for their successful accomplishments. Now, if the recognition or compensation is incongruent with the amount of effort that has gone into creating the outcomes, then the company is in real danger. The management team is practicing insincere praise. It's, just, it's disingenuine. And unbeknownst to the management team, the employees are seeing right through that superficial praise. Well, what management is not aware of is how this insincere praise, this lack of acknowledgement of the actual work that is taking place and, and how much effort is going into creating successful outcomes, is actually unraveling the cohesiveness that could be there. It's 
it, it is absolutely going to decrease future work efforts, and ultimately it's undermining the overall mission of the organization. Really, what are we talking about here? When we talk about disingenuine efforts, when we talk about shallow, insincere recognition of work that's actually being done, what we're talking about is the misalignment of trust. And when the employees pick up on and recognize that the management is not really recognizing um, their efforts, that speaks to a lack of trust. And it is clearly conveying to the employees that it doesn't matter to management if you really work hard or if you don't work hard. They're going to offer you insincere recognition and praise regardless of your efforts. The overarching theme here is trust versus mistrust. When a company culture has aspects of mistrust running through its practices and its decision making and its attitudes, then we can expect for less successful outcomes. So what's the answer here? Why are we even talking about this? Um, clearly it's, it's easy to see when, when things are going wrong. What do we do in order to, to right the ship here? Well, the answer is that it requires a bit more effort from management um, on management's part to be engaged with what's happening uh, with its employees, how the work is being done. These, these can happen by conducting gimbal walks. Uh, these can happen by having simple conversations with its various members of, of the staff at, at, at varying levels throughout the hierarchy. It also, it's also going to require that the members of management and executive teams look for actual successes and talents with, within its team members and specifically reinforce and, and praise those actual successes. And now the trick here, it doesn't have to be big. It's any recognition at all will go a long way. It's that the concept that, quote unquote, we are all in this together to some capacity. It's not that everybody has to share in the responsibilities, but that everybody is putting the work into a successful outcome. We're all contributing. So, yes, it does take more effort from management and from executive teams to execute aspects of trust. And yes, it is a slippery slope to allow mistrust to enter um, the attitudes and, and affect the outcomes. Are the efforts worth it to identify and recognize the actual talents and works going into creating successful outcomes? Well, it absolutely is. At least it is for successful companies. So we leave you with this thought today. Creating a, a culture of trust is not an easy thing to do. It takes effort to not just define a trusting workplace culture, um, but also to, to look for ways to reinforce it um, in, in sincere manners so that all employees have the capacity to drive the culture forward. With trust as a fundamental component of a workplace culture, you can expect for your employees to have higher job satisfaction levels. And like we said before, job satisfaction is directly related to successful outcomes. In a lot of cases, that means higher profitability. So take care of your employees, recognize them for the work that they're doing, 
Job satisfaction levels will inherently go up. Successful outcomes will be the result. Thank you for your time listening today. Catch us again next week as we continue to discuss organizational culture practices here on the King Organizational Culture Group podcast.